keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, uh, to Wrestle Roasts. I am here with Robert Scott. Mike will be joining us soon. It's the Roast of Raymond Tier. Little, I almost got through a fucking intro without fucking it up. Congratulations. We've got some Ray material on Ray Mysterio. we got some Ray material on Ray Mysterio. Okay, just real fast, our Patreon schedule. Uh, Monday, we're going to be reviewing I Will Be, and I'll see which host is going to join me. I am not pressing my co-hosts to watch this. Uh, our summer blockbuster special, COVID-19, starring Kevin Nash. It is far and away the worst thing we've watched. Uh, I will just say that. Uh, the Roast of Enzo, May 30th, Hell in a Cell, 2022, June 6th, July 13th, we're off. July 20th, we're going to do a watch-along, but with a SmackDown Robert Rope, which is going to be cool. January 27th, we're going to be reviewing the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Excited for that one. July 4th, The Roast of Sunny. Uh, July 11th, we're off. July 18th, Bash at the Beach, 1996. July 25th, our wrestling video game special. August 5th, August 1st, the uh, Roast of Marty Jannetty. And uh, next week, we're just going to be doing a, a, a normal uh, review and dynamite, just talking about what's happened in the world of wrestling type show. Um, well, next week, we could uh, we could predict uh, Double or Nothing. Oh, Maybe. yeah. No. Double or Nothing predictions. Yeah, good call. All right. Scott's uh, Scott's more on the on the pulse of uh, the wrestling, the wrestling bloodstream than I am. Um, anyway, uh, we are going to start out. We're doing stuff a little bit out of order. We're going to start out with premium current events robert oh i'm doing scott's o thing i don't know why he does that but i just did it <laughs> uh there's a lot of shit to talk about this week in the world of pro wrestling and you would be insane to think that we're not starting with sasha banks and naomi uh during raw something happened during monday night raw guys uh who'd have thought uh, yeah backstage yeah back, <laughs> hey, backstage hey backstage well the cody stuff has been pretty good man i mean i'm not gonna Ross, Ross been pretty solid. And, and but I'm yeah, going to defend true. a DDT match too, Scott. So I'm being an easy slut for everybody uh, this week. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to lay this out here real quick. Um, since Mike's not here yet to interrupt, but yeah, but who cares? It's Raw. Um, we'll just assume that's an evergreen statement for him. Sasha and Naomi were booked as part of a six pack women's challenge, uh, where it was Sasha versus Naomi versus Dewdrop versus Nikki Ash versus Becky Lynch versus Asuka, where the winner was going to face Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. And the booking was that Naomi was going to win this match and she was going to face Bianca at Hell in a Cell. And Sasha went, no fucking way. Uh, that does not align with, with how we think this should go. And she met with Vince and ultimately they took their ball and they went home. Uh, this forced them to have to rewrite Raw during the show and is now sort of the topic of conversation in wrestling. What's hilarious is anyone who's backstage at WWE, anyone who 
isn't making it a, a big deal, has zero sympathy for Sasha. They feel bad for Naomi because Naomi was put in a bad situation of having to. Dude, dude when Naomi comes partner. back to work, Robert, it's going to be like when Larry David quit SNL and then came back the next day. 100 <laughs> percent. Uh, the people who are making it all about like, you know, Sasha, we, we stand with you. Are people who just hate WWE and they're going to they're going to make it that way, especially some of the talent uh, who who have bitterness towards it, but so far it's just CM cents, Punk and Shayna Baszler. By the way, that, that that's it. Right. Well, Shayna is just supporting her, but the, the long Dax, and the short right? of it, Dax. and and Dax, no, but Dax he'll still get hired. He'll still get hired. I'm not worried. He'll still get hired. They have Brett in the sealed box just in case he like Paul Bearer will fill up with cement. If he doesn't sign up. But the the, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, my my two cents on it are when you are a talent, you are a character on a TV show. And I understand that you need to be protective of your image. And I fully support that. If they had Sasha and Naomi participating in a segment like Trish barking like a dog, I can understand where Sasha is going to be upset. If they asked Sasha to do a kid me, that would be gold ratings. Jesus. Eh, I don't know. I mean, Sasha's already pretty much wearing her underwear anyway. And even if she barked, it would still come across as kind of bitchy. Uh, and if, or the other option is that they were like, we're doing Literally. the stings. We're doing this thing spot where you're going to climb to the top of the Tron. We're going to light you on fire and push you off of it. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable with that. What they booked was Naomi was going to be the number one contender for the women's title on Raw, which is a premium spot. Then Sasha was supposedly going to be the number one contender for Ronda's title. And where Sasha's upset about this is they got the women's tag titles at WrestleMania and they promised we're going to make these things important, which if you've watched wrestling for more than like 11 seconds, the only thing Vince cares less about than women's wrestling is tag wrestling. So you're delusional. She, her ego was hurt because they did not have a spot for her. They did not have a spot for Naomi at WrestleMania. So they gave them this women's tag title thing and said, we're going to build it up. And in all honesty, compared to how low of a priority it's been before, it has been pretty decently built up and putting the women in high profile singles matches, challenging for titles helps everybody across the board. Sasha walking out over this is beyond irrational. And in my opinion, this is the last thing I'll say, Shawn Michaels was able to get away with this shit because he was Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin was able to get away with this shit because he was Steve Austin. Ever since Vince made the company bulletproof to a single star, whether it was John Cena, Batista, whoever it is, it's we're going to keep the train rolling. Sasha is not the make or break for this company. She doesn't have the leverage she thinks she has. She's not as big a star she, she as She is Becky the female Charlotte. Sean. I mean, she is. She's the female Sean in terms of ego. But if they cared about female Sean, they wouldn't have cut Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai as a worker was the closest they had to a female Sean going forward. Sasha's stock has been lowered and lowered with taking time off, being injured, sitting out before. She's not Charlotte. She's not Becky. She's well, not. Apparently, she some of that was bullshit from Ryan Satin, right? I mean, that's what Scott well, the, told Ryan me. Ryan Satin's bullshit was that she was. They were like pouting on the floor, but they were upset about how they were being booked. Her and her and Bailey. The company will move forward. My guess is they'll freeze Sasha out for a little while. She'll sit out. She'll wind up coming back. If Mustafa Ali was able to come back after all the shit that he went through, like this is nothing and it's nonsense and it'll be a bump in the road and they'll be fine. But for anyone right now that's saying like, good for you, Sasha, you're standing up for yourself. That's not the case. Uh, well, what, Dan, if, what if like, cause, cause I heard it might be a, there might be a contract issue as well where both of them, maybe there might be a contract issue where they, they feel as though they should be getting paid more. 
So this might be some other she type for of power. Sure. I mean, like, look, I will Dude, say this. No, can, can, we read, can we read the letter WWE put? Can, can we at least agree that the letter is, is odd? It's baffling, uh, especially right. because it's like they're admitting – a, we're, we're, we're a scripted show, and B, so Sasha and Naomi refused to work with the other talent because of safety issues. The, the, what apparently happened was they pitched them an alternative was, all right, if you don't want to do this, we'll just do the two of you against Dewdrop and Nikki, and we'll throw the match together. Like, we don't want to throw a match together. That, that doesn't, you know, we're not going to have time to put something together. And WWE construed that as, you're saying they're unsafe, which hurts Dewdrop and hurts Nikki, who are both very safe and they've both wrestled Sasha and Naomi tons of times. Uh, they put that statement out there as a knee jerk because this was out on Twitter and they wanted it to look like they got ahead of it. And then on air, Corey Graves called them unprofessional. And if you're mad at Corey Graves for saying that, and you think that wasn't Vince telling him what to say, you're, you're fucking nuts. Well, even, even car, uh, Carmella, pointed that out you know she was just like he has a job if you know if you think he says everything he feels you're, you're mistaken pretty much is what she said dan defend your future paycheck from stanford uh well it won't <laughs> be from it's not going to be from stanford but it's um anyway uh scott uh scott well, I, I talked to scott about this scott what where, where do you land on this because you you're you don't like walking out but you also like you know have a problem sometimes with the way wwe does business like where do you where do you win? The one thing I will say that I disagree, I, I agree with almost everything you said, Robert. The one thing I do disagree with is I do think Sasha is a legitimate draw for that company. I mean, look, is it is it a monster draw like Austin and Rock? No, but there's a reason that WWE consistently beats AEW with women, and part of that reason is Sasha Banks, a hundred percent. She, I, I think that she is one of the talent. I don't think she's the talent so if she and she's been gone she's not becky before. and ronda but she's right under them you but know if she's not there she doesn't I mean, she's better than ronda too and dude, i would argue wait 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 of course she's better than ronda in every way yeah and also i don't think anybody gives a fuck about ronda anymore right nobody cares about Ronda. no people do there's some people that do i mean like there's people, 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 people love people, sasha too casual i mean people fans, go crazy for sasha fans. okay but the yeah. percentage of people who love sasha or ronda or are tuning in for most of the women's wrestling is a lower percentage of the audience I think we can all kind of agree to, on that, that that that's not the number one draw. It's, yeah, but it's the way, obviously but the way the way the way the ratings work right now is that you're trying to get a little bit of almost every group. Like you're never going to get a big. So it's like it's like piecemeal shit, you know. Like, right. But Sasha's been off was off TV for like the last six months before coming back for this tag thing. And it's not like they saw the ratings shoot up because of her. They can, she she is theoretically replaceable if they start heating somebody else up and put them in that slot, like no single person is there's not many people unless you're Roman. like her, man. I mean, like, as far as the women are concerned, there's really not that many people who can wrestle like her. You know, you have like Dakota Kai who got fired. You have Tony storm and, you know, you have some Japanese wrestlers, but besides that, you know, she's, she's it as far as like, I, I would say, I mean, Sasha is arguably top two females in the company in, in terms of like, in you know, the company, sure. Com like I don't know about like the world, but yeah, in the company, she, yeah. she is. Oh, but yeah. she hasn't had a match of any note since last year's WrestleMania against uh, against Bianca. Like she really hasn't done much in the last year. She sat out for a long period of time, and since she's been back, they've been doing the tag wrestling stuff, which is fine. I'm not saying I would ever want to see her gone. I think she's a valuable, useful commodity on the show, but. 
if she turns around and says, I'm going to walk out because I don't like the way that I'm being booked in a way that I personally don't think is particularly bad booking, mm-hmm. she's unreliable and you can't put yourself in that position where someone's going to hold you hostage. Well, you know what it is, and, and it's the whole reason there is a debate about it, because any other job, you'd go, yeah, do your job, you know, if, if, if because that is part of the job. It's not like they're asking her to do something that is not a part of the job. You know, losing matches, bad creative, it's irrelevant. But the other truth of the matter, which fans know and wrestlers know, is that wrestling is this weird thing, uh, like comedy, where this, this, this character is a piece of you, and it is yours, it's, you know, a lot of times it's these people's baby or, or it's them working on it. You know, uh, this woman, I don't even know her real name, but like she is very much Sasha Banks, you know, and she's worked very hard on that character. And she's constantly I mean, everybody is constantly being dealt shit or ignored or whatever. I mean, at what point do you go like, hey, I work really hard on this. This is my craft. And I know you don't take it seriously, but it's my art. So, you know, forgive me for for acting. uh what some people would say is irrational but it's like it it is passion and it's not just passion for a job but it's it's passion for like again this is these people's craft and then you just kind of fuck their baby in front of them it's hell get it but it's not like the booking that shit was presented to her was going to do any damage to her character whatsoever the idea in wrestling is you're within kayfabe world you're supposed to want to challenge for titles and that was what they had them doing and the fact that her tag partner was going to win the opportunity to, fight, to face the champion and that she was in a main event slot on Raw is not doing damage. This, this, I guess this didn't rise to a level of, all right, I got to walk away. It's not like they said, hey, good news. You're going to go out there and wrestle Dewdrop and she's going to beat you in five yeah. seconds. Apparently they had planned, I don't know if this is revisionist, but it was going to be her and Ronda and yeah. Naomi and, I mean, Bianca, which is, which is a great spot for both of them. And I... And I will say if she was if she was if she was like nervous about, um, you know, being buried like the, her tag team being buried, like the way you set up for both of those matches is have them kill a bunch of people as a tag team for like three or four weeks. And then when they lose at the pay-per-view, it's not that big of a deal. So, I, you know, like I agree with Scott that says that you have to fight for the character and nobody's going to do that but you. But. In this particular situation, I don't know how this booking hurt them. This was yeah, the, the only thing I could escalation. think is the only thing I could think is is because I remember when they first won the the women's tag titles initially the first time, right? Because they lost yeah. it before then and then got it back. Um, was they didn't want to do it, but then when they were kind of assigned with it, it was like okay, let's put this on the map. And what they did with women's wrestling is super impressive. And there's no doubt they could do that with the tag division in women's wrestling. I think they could have an awesome tag division. But the truth is they don't even have an awesome men's division because Vince doesn't give a shit about stuff like that. And, so he's and definitely was, not going to care about the women's version of that if he doesn't care about the men's version of that's it. That's exactly what we said to, at, at the onset of this. But uh, just, just to put a, 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 a fine pin on the end of it, I think the person that I, I feel bad for is Naomi who wanted to stick with her tag partner and leave. But given the fact that she's married to Jimmy Uso, which has already got to be a handful. Uh, and this now jeopardizes the relationship going on with Roman at the top. Like there's a number of layers to it. It'd be interesting to see where it goes, but uh, more importantly, Mike Hey, Mike Lawrence, Lawrence just stopped by. Um, Mike. Hey, what's up guys? What's up, brother? Uh, I, I did it like you were like the mailman in a, in a sitcom or something. Um, but <laughs> Hello there. Like, Woo! 
Oh, is that Mr. Mike? Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm the mailman, but I'm expecting young girl on Married with Children reactions. Well, we're gonna we're gonna for for <laughs> Mike, we're gonna end, we're gonna end our premium current events because the second thing we're talking about in premium current events does directly not indirect. I guess indirectly has to do with me and Mike, and then we're gonna go right. But <laughs> and then we're gonna go right into Dynamite or Dud, and that is the Ric Flair. Uh, his final match has been announced. Mike and I will be roasting Rick two nights beforehand in Nashville. We are gonna be part of that dais. No, I don't know who else is on the dais. Um, no, I don't know how many people. I don't know anything right now. Well, I just all I got was a, a call from Conrad. I'm excited to do it. I know Mike's excited to do it. I'm excited to go to Nashville, man. I mean, I've never been to that city. I hear it's it's fucking awesome. But um. The bigger story is that on Sunday, on that Sunday, Ric Flair will be wrestling his last match. We know it's not going to be Ricky Steamboat. The uh, the the rumors have been the Rock and Roll Express and FTR being involved. Either way, man, I just hope I'm not going to a funeral. <laughs> I hope he doesn't Randy Ram it, dude. I mean, I, I just hope they're safe it's, as fuck. Um, dude, it almost feels like the plan. <laughs> feels like this is part of how he wants it to go right yeah i mean yeah, i mean i don't know man i mean i i i, I don't think you're yeah i think you're right <laughs> i mean i feel like there's a reason the roast is before the match <laughs> i also i also feel like me and dan's roast set could just be singing bruce springsteen's the wrestler <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah 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 but it, it should be it should be fun or whatever yeah, my but question is it is gonna be like a six man right so yeah I mean, my question you is know. you think it what, what's your over under on flair being around after the weekend um well around us and he skipped town because he owes people money after the weekend <laughs> <laughs> or i mean here's here's the question life. dan are there women's matches on the show uh there <laughs> i <laughs> i say <laughs> i say have Britt baker dress up as a southwest flight attendant <laughs> um, anyway man it's I, I you know look look rick is one of the greatest of all time i'm honored to be part of the dais but uh it's it'll <laughs> i do i'm like uh i'm nervous for the match i am fucking nervous for the match you know I mean, we saw that Jay Lethal thing recently, and it was just like basic moves and stuff, and he can still do that. I mean, and then you put a crowd there. He just has to get like a hot tag. I mean... Dude, fucking put Jay in the man. Like, just, just save his... Po- you almost want Randy Orton to just make one appearance on the show, because you just want like the safe... It- like him or... Kane- like, who's the modern day Kane now? Who's like the safest guy? to work with does anyone know that answer wait what is it exactly is the question who is the safest worker in the ring we all know that it was kane when he was around i actually heard ishii actually real real, weirdly no i mean people that are working now that could get in the ring with rick and just uh, treat him like like, Sammy sammy zan or kevin owens are really the only two who come to mind of like the safest people imaginable and will still make it look good. Obviously it's not going to be them. Um, It's gotta be, you know, somebody that 
is loosely associated with AEW. I think it, I think Andrade makes the most sense here. Yeah. Or no, Satnam Singh. Oh, that's true. Satnam I mean, Singh Andrade. Is I mean, I don't, I've never heard that Andrade is unsafe, but he, I mean, he does a lot of shit that's like pretty intense, you know? Um, yeah, but you're not going to want to kill your father-in-law on TV. No, it depend, depends on the situation, I guess. Maybe it'll be Conrad. Get him in like a singlet. Dude, if they drink up, if they dress up Conrad as Loch Ness, I'm here for it. <laughs> no, you want a, you want a big TV star like a JD Drake. <laughs> we already of, said Conrad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's get to uh, you know we're we're jumbling the order today. We're gonna get to Dynamite or Dud. I realized this was like the first week I did not write notes while I watched Dynamite or Dud. So just and this was the first week you could call it dud or dynamite. <laughs> dud or dynamite. So like I am um I am going to read off the results as soon as I pull these I got notes. the results up if you want. I oh you notes. do? Okay, great. Do you want to take take over then, Robert? Sure. Hour one was Samoa Joe against the first joker of the evening, Johnny Elite. Uh, after the match, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Sutnam Singh attacked Samoa Joe with a pipe in the ring in the worst game of Clue ever. And then the best friends made this. Actually, it was Rapungi Vice made the save. Uh, the Hardys and the Bucks have a weird, awkward confrontation in the back. CM Punk comes out wearing a pro-abortion shirt to so the crowd in Texas, pops, then reads the shirt, then gets uncomfortable. He's on commentary for Hangman Page versus Take a Shitta. Uh, Fuego del Sol and the Dark Order try to get you excited for a match with them and that House of Black. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee take on J.D. Drake and something Henry. I couldn't even understand what they were saying. This led to uh, a confrontation with Starks and Hobbs, Jurassic Express, and Christian making a terrible joke about Ricky Starks' outfit. Chris Statlander and Red Velvet have a back and forth until we're reminded Red Velvet's a baddie, and she's joined up with Jade. And then MJF whips the shit out of Wardlow. That was hour one. Great hour, boys. Uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the Jokers, listen, the Jokers were were, were disappointing in terms of... Uh, I like the look, second Johnny, one. The second one was fun. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, look, we'll talk about that in the second hour, though. But... No, uh, no it was rough. It was rough. With dude... He he can't ever be a surprise, you know. Look, we've talked about him a lot. John Morrison, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Lee, uh, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo. He is super talented. He looks great, and there's something missing big time. And it's very hard to connect or give a shit. And so when he comes out as a surprise, it doesn't feel very special. Did we get a good match? I thought we got a great match. I thought it was a very good match. Uh, I thought the surprise was weak. And, and I, I think, honestly, when it is a guy like that, and even Maki Ito, who I thought was awesome, and, 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 and again, we will talk about it later, just put his name on it. Just say, like, hey, look, they're not signed to the company. They didn't announce that they're signed to the company. So it's just like, yeah, they're coming in to do this. There are jokers in terms of they don't work here. Like, whatever you got to say, just if it's John Morrison, it's not a secret. Let everybody know so they won't be disappointed, especially when you don't know his name is Johnny Elite. And people are hoping Johnny Gargano is there. It, it, you mean, just, you yeah. mean the AEW social media team? Did you, did you see that? <laughs> oh, when, yeah. When, did, when, yeah. More, so, when Johnny Elite came out, they posted, he's here, and tagged Johnny Gargano uh, in the picture man. of John Morrison. Hey, he's he announcing this from, uh, Tony, Khan, uh, Tony Khan 
just uh, texted me and said, you trying to run two Twitter accounts, asshole. <laughs> Twitter, wait, I, I did. I We will be um, uh, another ch- a shameless plug for StarCast. Johnny Gargano will be revealing his future at StarCast this, this year. So, I don't know. Keep going. Well, he'll be at StarCast. So, the reveal is he doesn't have one. <laughs> 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 Mike, what did you think of this first hour? Oh man, uh ups and downs. Uh oh wait, Kyle O'Reilly's in the second hour. Um, I would say <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Scott. Uh just announce these people because it's but there's just like several things. It's like John John Morrison, you know. It's been the same gimmick since Eminem, since Johnny Nitro, right? Like, you look at Jericho, you look at like other people who have reinvented. Yeah, themselves it's, it's just fun. John. It's just Jim Morrison. That's that's the gimmick. Yeah, but it's like no matter what name change you have, it's the same shit. And it's also didn't like. It's so funny. He's like forty-two, and Jim Ross was like, oh, "I'm excited to see this young competitor." <laughs> that didn't help. Um, uh, Punk and Paige still have not talked. You have one more week. Um, I think that's a really bad sign. There does not feel like there's still any real heat between these two. Um, oh yeah, the the Ring of Honor goofs running in at the end of the Joe match. I mean, we had like five segments like this tonight, and this was definitely the least consequential. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, I mean, the MJF, Wardlow stuff, it is, you know, like, the more I think about it, you know, they are doing Cody again, but they are adjusting it and making it fit this more dominant character. So him smiling and laughing and all of that, I thought was great. Yeah, I thought it was magic, man. This feud is, is the shit. I was thinking, like, if you just clipped these, uh, you know, these segments – you just have a great story to sit down and watch, like you know, two hours worth of material or whatever. Oh, yeah, no, and every, everything has been, uh, you know, great. And and that's you know, like one of my main criticisms about Adam Cole is like, look what MJF is doing for Wardlow. That's what Cole was supposed to do for Paige, and he failed miserably. He did not do anything to make him a bigger star. I, I know you say that a lot. I mean, I, I know it's everybody's job to get over a champion, but I don't think there was emphasis on, like, he was the guy to do it. They He's put still him a young guy. An over a month-long program. Oh, sure, sure. But same with Brian Danielson, you know, which I know is also to get him over. But I, I and think, I think that Brian Danielson – People love and Cole. And people love Punk. I, I think Danielson in some ways achieved that. And I feel like the combination of Archer and Cole completely erased all of it. It did because they all felt lesser than they, they yep. were not, they were not main draws. They, they didn't feel like threats in any way, shape or form. Uh, but these uh, were television feuds. These were two television feuds where you got two. One I mean, was paper. Unbelievable matches. Right. It was a paper, but it was a paper. Oh, oh, sure. sure, it sure. Wasn't one of the was, biggest. Yeah. And yeah. I think the biggest problem is, and the reason why, you know, like this MJF Wardlow, thing 
is fantastic for them from a highlight reel because their asking price for Vince just keeps going up because they do sports entertainment so well. Uh, I'll just give my hour one thoughts. I'll start with the MJF Wardlow thing. The way that Max was able to milk the heat from the crowd before even bringing Wardlow out there was fantastic. Uh, Wardlow not selling the whipping at, at first and then eventually succumbing to it because he had no choice but to was was really well done the announcers told the story well the the beat down the the whole thing was was dramatic and you really want to see Wardlow get his hands on Max and even though we've now seen this story three times play out with Cody with Jericho and now Wardlow this has been incredibly effective and when those guys get in the ring with one another it's going to be great the Johnny you think Wardlow thing- kills him you think no. Wardlow kills him in like a few minutes I think they'll give him. I think they'll give a, a back and forth. There'll be some way in which he, you know, Max. I'm gets, nervous. MJF is going over by how they're booking this, but no, because no. if, if it's no, because yeah. you need to give Wardlow the contract. There has to be some something that'll that'll yeah. will help uh, help it happen. But uh, Joe Johnny Elite again, the surprise part. Yes, that kind of sucks because we talked about being Cesaro or being the return of Miro or something. Johnny's a a great utility player wrestler. He's going to be great main eventing. Oh, he's the ultimate goal. Oh, good hand. He is the ultimate. Uh, Again, I don't know if he signed. They haven't announced. He hasn't signed it. He hasn't signed. So they're open to using him again. He's a good guy to bring in and use. And he was at his best, unfortunately, in WWE with Miz during this run as a second banana character. But him and Joe had a good match that was ruined by the the goofiness of trying to make Sutton sing and, and pipes exciting. Uh, the Hardys and the Bucks in the back had less than zero chemistry with each other, where Matt's like making fun of the Bucks for being cosplay versions of them and not as tough. It felt weird. Um, the Page take a shit a match actually was was pretty entertaining. Um, it was a great, the, it was a great match. That shit was unreal. Punk, Punk was once again match. proved why he's amazing on commentary because he worked so hard to authentically put this guy over. And talk like so when Excalibur's talking about who he faced in, in Japan, he's like, Oh, he faced that guy. That's that's amazing. Uh, his little shot, which was going to be my high spot, but something else replaced it. When Paige does the GTS, and he's like, Unlike other people, meaning Kenta, I love when other people do that move. I take uh, you know, it's it's an honor. Uh, yeah, so that I was, love that. Uh, I love that too. That was fantastic. Uh, Fuego trying to pretend like his feud with House of Black Matters is just adorable. Um, <laughs> as was Swerve and Keith Lee beating the, the, the wingman. And now they're taking the mic and they're like, now we're top five, as if this was a high quality win to justify them being a top five tag team. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everybody else coming out like Starks and Hobbs and Jurassic. I like that we're getting the triple threat match. Uh, Christian sucked in the microphone this week. He, he, I usually am okay with what he does. He came across as a lesser version of, of Swerve, who did a better job dressing down Ricky Starks. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good uh, week for a 48-year-old man talking from Toronto uh, in wrestling. <laughs> but, you know, you know, the thing, too, is that, like, Christian kept saying we, and it's like, I, I get, like, you know, they were teaming together against Kenny and the Elite, and then like, but like, what's the we? Is he their manager? Like, it's just well, a, he's it's the, he's uh, he's the Jurassic part of the Jurassic Express. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, also, that's supposed to be part of it. You know, um, is he shouldn't be saying we, and you're supposed to pick up on that because he's going to turn heel. Yeah, he's definitely going to be. Oh, he's definitely turning heel. Uh, yeah, Dan, yeah, he Dan meant to say that him. for a reason. 
Dan, did you give your thoughts on hour one? Uh, I did not. I will. I'll be brief. I I, I thought the MJF uh, Wardlow stuff was very good, and it says so much about MJF that like it's it's boring for me to say that an MJF segment was good. You know, like it's it's more you know it's more strange when it isn't. Uh, that's how great that guy is. Um, man, the one thing I will harp. I, I thought the DDT match was actually really good. Um, I, I would have opened with it because it's your world title, but, um, you know, whatever. What do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, I, I, well, it's your world title in the sense that you're world champ. You know what I mean? And that's the most important. Yeah, but Dan, he's, he's an 830 world champion. No, but he he should be, he should have been up top, especially with how good that match was. I thought it was way better than the, the Morris and Joe match, but I, yeah, I, I really thought it was. I really loved it, and I, I'm gonna miss Hangman as my champion. I do think that they didn't, did not get enough out of him if he loses, but maybe a win, maybe it'd be a swerve, whatever. The only thing that I, I really, God, man, like I do think that AEW is doing a pretty bad job at book. I mean, this is gonna be my low spot. So, but I, how they're booking Samoa Joe is pretty bad, man. I mean, like it's you know, like I thought he was better. I mean, he's clearly better booked early TNA, Ring of Honor, and and uh, NXT, at least the first run. But I think he's being even worse. I think he's worse booked than he was in WWE, man. And people bitched about WWE, but at least he had that Brock run and, you know, some fun shit with, you know, calling out AJ Styles' wife. I understand he's older, but if Goldberg has like one more run in him, then you can do one more run with Samoa Joe. Like, well, why do you have to do it immediately? I mean, you don't think they're going to give him another run. He, I mean, to me, to, I, I dude, I think this, this drops the play, stock. Uh, a lot. Unless they play off an injury. It's, it seems to be very obviously Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole for the, um, mm-hmm. for the Owen Hart cup. So I, mean, I would have put him with, like, hangman done right good with him. Top, it's like, you know? well, they're using him for ring of honor and right. he's in the finals of the tournament. Like, I mean, well, it's a bigger fine, no for you know? me, Scott. Because it's more like, yeah. I mean, it's a bigger no for me in the sense that, like, I just don't. I think they're. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking watch Ring of Honor shit on AEW. You know, I just. Oh I sure, I I, I, I. I don't want to. Bo- like, I feel like he needs to make this a separate entity, and he needs to have somebody else booking this because you know, like, just some stuff feels unfinished. You know, ever since he started booking ring of honor um you know you know what i think some of it is dan is that he this current feud with the the ring of honor goons and and sing feels like a feud someone would have in their like sixth year of a promotion it doesn't (laughs) feel like i just got to this new place i'm excited and rejuvenated well also i think part of it is so so you're saying like since tony khan's been booking Ring of Honor, but they've only had that one show, and that was no, his first they, night he's there. He's booking Ring of Honor through AEW, though, too. You know, I'm, just about, I'm just talking about Joe's feud in general with these guys feels very regressive, and it doesn't feel fresh or exciting at all. Also, the ultimate payoff is Joe versus Sutton Singh. Yep, that's that's not exciting. That 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 know. only that only hurts. Well, uh, speaking of hurt, our two of AEW Dynamite <laughs> uh, opens with Trent and Rocky Romero re- revealing they will be Rapungi Vice going forward. Uh, so yay, Ring of Honor. 
Uh, Kyle O'Reilly took on Ray Phoenix in an Owen Hart Memorial Tournament match. The Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club compared who has more fucked up livers. Uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel cut a promo that shows why they shouldn't cut promos. Britt Baker took on Joker number two, which was Mackie Ito, uh, which... Oh, damn near killed Jim Ross. Uh, Tony Khan was in the ring and then interrupted by Serena Deeb and the reason why Mike is on the show this week. And then in your main event, Adam Cole took on Jeff Hardy in the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament last match. <laughs> Mike, I feel like that's your cue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I can't be on the whole show because I'm on uh, break at, at a job this week. But, yeah, so... <laughs> He's replacing Stephanie. <laughs> yep. Um, oh yeah, we should I, talk about that. That's great. I'm gonna we'll get to it later. Right, That's right. my high spot. I, I, I got I, I to be I got to go be one of Adam Cole's arms. Um, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how out of shape I am. No, I would say like I'll, I'll talk about the other stuff like quickly first. I mean, yeah, Doofy and and Phoenix was was all right. I mean, the wrong guy was wearing the mask. Wait, wait, wait. All right. That was a great match. Continue. Yeah. I just, I don't, you know, uh, I don't think Phoenix should have lost. Um, I think Phoenix, they have so much potential money in him, and he's such a big star, and he kind of feels like Ricochet in a way of, like, just another guy, and he should never Yeah, I think it's to heighten the, you know, so so you have the tie-in with Cole next week. Um, and I get it, but it's just in, in, in general, like, you know, between feuding with House of Black and other, I just think he should be a much more elevated guy. Sure. I, I think he's a guy who should have the TNT championship for a while, but that's a, okay. But, but every time, he, like every third match he has, he gets hurt. Yeah. Well, then the other two shouldn't be losing to Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> that's all. Um, but then, but then you had, yeah, Maki Ito. Yeah. We already talked about the Joker thing. Neither of these, uh, two competitors should have been a surprise. Just announce them, especially the women's tournament where they had everybody there, (laughs) including people we hadn't seen outside of dark, like in the main tournament. So just have her on the show. Who cares? I like her entrance, but this deep promo. Okay. So this is fascinating because. There are people that are defending it and saying that it's great. The content is good. I I actually like some of the things she said towards the end about breast implants and shaving her head and all that. It's the delivery. The delivery is so bad. I mean, this this feud with Thunder Rosa might be low-key one of the worst feuds that AEW has had <laughs> at least this year. I mean, Thunder Rosa has not wrestled a single match um, on TV since losing to Deeb. It's like I think you just forget that she's even there or the champion. She's been such an afterthought. And then Deeb, I mean, she was like fumbling lines. She was getting all nervous. It's just like she is the professor of wrestling. Hello. Thunder Rosa found him. <laughs> Mike just dropped off, but she was the professor of wrestling. That was it. There was no sure it would have been a stunning conclusion. Well, I um, said this is a professor <laughs> of wrestling, and I felt like I was sitting through a very boring lecture. And uh, 
And I was saying that this was this was worthy of Russell Crabb, just the performance alone. Regardless, the, the content, like I said, if it was delivered better, this would be a good promo, but she cannot deliver promos. Yeah, it sounded like when you tell a little kid to stand up for themselves and you're like, keep going, keep going. And she's just like, you're stupid and he's an idiot. It was like, yeah, it was rough, very rough. I felt bad. And like they've added Dustin into it. Like, I don't think Thunder Rosa needs Dustin. You know what it felt like? It felt like when a class breaks a substitute teacher, you know? (laughs) Yes. Like, and and their voice is quivering and they're like coming back at you. And it's just like, that's what it felt like. It just felt really kind of pathetic and not healing. She's the adjunct professor of wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the adjunct professor of wrestling. I mean, it was, it was fucking, I mean, that was fucking brutal. I mean, Jesus Christ was that brutal. Um, and then we got a five minute Cole and Hardy match. So, there, and then, and then, because uh, I do have to go in a sec, like the, the beat down of, of the final match, like we should not, like, it was a cool looking spot hitting Sting in the back, but there's two things that I do not ever need to see again unprotected chair shots and photos of Chris Benoit on Chris Jericho's Instagram. Oh my God. <laughs> we saw both this week. Oh my goodness. That was, that was a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, right. And there is a direct correlation between those two things. Um, so let's, <laughs> I, I just, I just feel like never again. I just think there should be a complete moratorium. It was a cool looking spot. I won't lie about that. It just should not be happening even if it's to a guy that already looks like he has brain damage. Scott. I mean, I, did, I don't think the chair shot seemed too unprotected. He like tossed it at him lightly at his head. It was like, a, it was very weak. It just made a big noise. Cause yeah, he didn't put his hands up, but it was like a, a pat. I think I would take that chair shot. Um, other than that. Yeah. I thought the second hour look, yeah, it was what a five minute, a seven minute Hardy match. And last week's was what an eight minute Hardy match. And these have been the two best Hardy matches in a while because <laughs> he should only have five minute matches. So I was fine with that. And there was a beat down. So it justifies it being quick. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a good, the, the hangman match was, was such a really cool highlight. And the MJF thing was a big deal for me. I really liked it. Uh, and I do think the tournament is going really well. I mean, we could list. Every, I think every match of the to- of the actual tournament has been very, very good. And then the preliminaries, you had a few really unbelievable matches. So I don't know what more you could ask for, other than like maybe storylines. Like maybe if they made the uh, the cup already, and so we could see it, so we see what it is they're fighting for. But I mean, they they plug it the whole damn show. They talk about Owen constantly. I, I, what get better wrestlers to do it? I don't know. You this guys whole are tournament great. is to get Cole over. That's what it feels like. So if you don't like, it's whether or not you like Adam Cole. So of sure, course, my sure. case, it. You know, like. <laughs> yep. And with that, I, I gotta go, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You Sorry. nailed it. This, this, this and, and just imagine how small that the cup is going to be. An actual cup. It's going to be a sippy cup. Right. Well, well we'll talk we'll talk about you thinking that you and adam cole have the same body shape on the next podcast mike but that's great uh, uh, i'll, I'll see you later and i'm job. excited to roast flair with you dan all right yeah it should be fun um yeah i i thought like uh 
Yeah, I think this is just whether or not you like Adam Cole, right? Doesn't this? If you like Adam Cole, you like this tournament. If you don't like Adam Cole, you don't like this tournament. Uh, a bit, yeah, yeah. I, would, I don't know if yeah. I would go that far, but um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, I and, and I read through the matches today. It's just every match has been very good. Well, all these matches on paper seem very good. We talked about this last week. Some of them just. They don't necessarily deliver in the way that you think that they but which, would. But which one? I thought everyone in the actual tournament. Hey, if I great. pulled up the matches from last week, even this week, the Adam Cole Jeff Hardy match was fine, but it wasn't like what you would think that this would be. I'm not saying yeah, they but for a Jeff Hardy bad match. Matches. Okay, ready, 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 ready. No, 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 so no, no Ray, Scott, you don't have Ray to read Phoenix, it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to read it. Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly was fantastic. <laughs> Samoa Joe versus the Joker wasn't very good. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen was fantastic. Adam Cole versus Hardwood was fantastic. Those are the only matches so far. And then the preliminaries, you had Dante versus Ray, which was amazing. You had FTR versus each other, which was unreal. I mean, and those are preliminaries. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to give my thoughts on hour two here to, to, to wrap this thing up. The, the Kyle <laughs> Phoenix match was good. If anything, they shouldn't have had Phoenix come out with his entourage who were all ringside if he was going to lose clean since Kyle came out with no one. Um, at least treat the, treat the tournament matches differently. As if it is a straight-up competition, you don't need to bring everybody out for it. The Jericho Appreciation Society Blackpool thing is, again, it feels like, uh, and Dan don't know what I'm talking about here, it feels a little bit like Edge's The Judgment Day stuff. Oh, where it's not even, keep, it's not quite no, no, how no, no, bad that I is. Calm, calm down, I'm not saying it's right, bad, okay, I'm, saying I'm just saying they keep trying to course correct what this is, and they keep trying to ramp it up when it was like it was a comedy feud then it was a the fireball feud now it's we're gonna get personal and talk about you know you're a drug addict and you're an alcoholic and you're a piece of shit uh it, it felt odd when you have like the magic man standing there wearing suspenders talking about like where the sports entertainment guys uh it just feels like a mishmash in the same way the judgment day stuff went from they're spooky to they're kind of spooky, but it's mind games to we're going to insult your local town. Well, now like, it's just thing, Edge posting photos on Instagram. That's the game. Exactly. So it's it's kind of weird. Also, I don't love that they did, they did it here and they did it in the deep thing. They keep referencing stuff that happened in WWE, which just kind of aggravates me of like, it, it's not part of continuity. Like, hey, remember when I peed in your in your tea or when she shaved her head? It's like, well, that happened in the other companies. So now Tony's also both of those were cool moments. The both they of were, those, but they're, they're, they're expecting you to remember stuff that happened in another company. It, it just it's sometimes a little bit of a bridge too far. I don't like Maki Ito. Uh, Jim Ross definitely didn't like her, and that made it super fun. But it's it was just weirdly goofy in a way that made me miss Orange Cassidy. Uh, that deep thing is why you need writers. Uh, you need somebody to give bullet points and script things out and not let people talk on their own uh, or else you want to get the getting content. Sentences. I think it was, I agree with Mike. I think the content was fine. I just think your delivery was dog but you, shit. But you pace it out in advance. You work with them on it and hear what they're going to say. You don't yeah. let them go out there and flounder that badly for that long on TV. It just sucked. Uh, and then Cole and Jeff Hardy was, you know, whatever. What do you think of the second hour, Scott? Uh, we, 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 no, I said that. Yeah. Oh, it's just me. I'm forgetting me. Uh, um, oh, I yeah. did like the Jericho Kingston segment. I mean, you know, the, the that whole crew segment. I thought that was uh, good. I didn't love uh, the inner uh, the fucking Jericho Appreciation Society part of it, but I, mean, I thought Moxley cut a really good promo. I, I just oh, I thought Jericho did a great job. He roasted the asses. It was all right. I mean, I just, I kind of wanted him to, here's my thing is that like with Jericho and Regal, I know that they have like 
there's like within those two they have a great shoot segment promo you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just like no funny haha shit it's just those two go and we just weren't able to see it you know so that, sure, that sure. I, felt, I felt like a little like well this is the this is what they're doing like it was fine you know like um you know i mean i think it's i think scott's idea of it being a blood and guts match would have been a better maybe that's where they're building would be better than just yeah i think it's court. tough with the two rings yeah also, some if I, oh, the one thing is i wouldn't have pitched jericho suggesting the stadium stampede if you really want to play the the joke you should have pitched the mimosa match oh that's really go sports entertainment funny. like that would and then it would have been funnier to be like i'm gonna throw the alcoholic john moxley into a giant vat of mimosa yeah no i mean i thought some of this and I, you know like now thinking about it like the stuff that he said about Moxley was really, it made me realize like, oh, Jericho and Moxley have another program in him at some point. Oh, and, and, and real quick, I want to, uh, are we allowed to talk about what the thing that happened on Rampage? If we give adequate advanced pause, I'm going to give advanced pause. Oh, is this you, the Brian Danielson you, thing? I was just going to, yeah, oh. yeah. No, it's fake, dude. It's fake. Is it, was it fake or real? Because no, I, 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 I heard, heard, it's, I heard it's, a sh- it's, a, it's, it's fake. Okay. Yeah, I heard he was doing it as a bit. I mean, that's what I heard. As long as it's a bit, then that's fine. If it I just, changes, we'll update next week. But yeah, you know what? All, all I know is somebody messaged it to me. I didn't get a chance to see exactly what it was. It's but, wild, man. It looks wild. Okay, but cool. And if a it's bit. a if it's a bit, then that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be on rampage. I, I have no clue. We'll find out. The man, the man is so such a good worker. We're talking about a work. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything really else to say. I mean you know, I, I thought the uh, Kyle O'Reilly match was was really good. I, I do wish Phoenix had gone over, but you know, whatever, man. And uh, I do like Makito a lot. I, I think that they should have announced who it was. I do think that they need more characters like that. Um, she is kind of like a better version of a Lacey Evans character, almost in a weird where it's like a caricature. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, this is how much obsessed I am with this Judgment Day group is as soon as you mentioned Judgment Day, I forgot everything that happened in the second hour. And it's it's the Judgment Day. Show the Judgment respect. Day. Because that's, I mean, that group is really baffling to me because I love Rhea and Edge and you're like, how is this this fucking bad? Did you see how they lit them this week? I mean, it's just, it, it's so, cr- I don't know what they It looked doing. like a high school play of the Crucible. It was so bad. <laughs> I just I don't know what they're doing. It's it's it would I think it would be less bad because the thing about retribution it was really only Ali was the only guy that was like the real standout there. So you didn't care that it was stupid, really. You leave slapjack alone. But like this this is just I mean it with the amount of talent that's involved it's it's and they're not they're going against like AJ and fucking Finn. So those two guys are great too. Anyway, it's not a raw review even though I don't I did not watch raw this week. I watched Retro Smackdown. Check out some of the sports entertainment with $10 tier. Um but yeah, I mean I, I don't really have much more to add other than let's get to uh the bright side of Rey Mysterio, this could be a fucking hour long, man. I, I'll just, I'll just start off. Yo, I gotta go in a few minutes. So oh, can we start with the roast then? Can we do the roast it. first? Do you have roast jokes? Sure. Or? I mean, first I'll say I love, I love Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I think he's one of the greatest ever. Uh, I think he changed the game. He's an innovator, and all of the nice things, all the cool things rappers say about themselves, uh, Rey Mysterio is those things. He is the guy. He is the shit. 
Um, well, let's do. Uh, let's start with the roast of Rey Mysterio. Scott, you want to start out first, and then we'll go back to the bright side, guys. Sure. Here we go. Rey Mysterio. He is Pequeno, and when he has a drug test, he asks someone else, Pequeno. <laughs> classic Mysterio feuds are also classic Teddy Hart excuses for his girlfriend going missing. <laughs> it's psychosis. She's super crazy. <laughs> Have you asked Juventud Guerrero? Somehow. <laughs> Much like Benoit, the death of Eddie took him to the next level. Uh, he lost the world title to King Booker and poor booking. <laughs> He's a Mexican goat who named his son after an Italian Christmas donkey. <laughs> uh, goddamn right. That's why y'all tune in, okay? Right. McMahon gave Ray a job after he confused him with one of the munchkins who helped him lift a house off of his mom. <laughs> right back helped me write that one. Uh, he reached up to gain custody of Dominic and now Dominic reaches up to get raised things from on top of the fridge <laughs> uh, before Mysterio putting a luchador mask on someone 5-6 was how Pat Patterson snuck boys backstage <laughs> every Mexicano knows the answer to who's that jumping out the sky Richie Valens the answer is Richie Valens <laughs> <laughs> Batman costume, he wore a Captain America costume, he wore a Spider-Man costume. He once dressed like the Hulk, but everyone thought he was Hornswoggle. That's <laughs> I'm not saying Vince loves stereotypes, but I'm pretty sure. Do I, do I remember this correctly? Rey Mysterio debuted, uh, his debut was climbing a fence and jumping down to the other side. That happened, right? Uh, okay, his debut? Yeah, his debut was climbing a fence, right? Climbing I thought his debut was against Angle. Is that what happened? Or no, no, he climbed a he climbed a cage and jumped off of it onto Matt Hardy, maybe somebody. Yeah. Anyway, his finisher is the six one nine six one nine, paying homage to the fact that it would take six of him to beat one nine year old. <laughs> and finally, he's he's on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling masks. Mysterio, Kane's mask, Mankind's mask, and Jim Cornette's gimp mask. <laughs> oh, Scott Keblet. All right, I'll run in here. The roast of Ray Mysterio. Today it's jokes. After the apocalypse, it's how Jackson Riker feeds his family. Uh, he, <laughs> he, ta he talks like both the Ninja Turtles and Master Splinter. Cowabunga, Eddie. <laughs> JBL threw a net on him, which is half hate crime, half Looney Tunes. Uh, Ray took HGH, but instead of creating muscle mass, his entire body turned into one steroid. He <laughs> starred in Ray Mysterio versus the Darkness, or how Michael Hayes describes his feud with Booker T. <laughs> his ring gear is Ed Hardy fucks Power Ranger, while his WrestleMania gear was gay kid rubbing it in parents' face. <laughs> he lost his title when Chavo hit him with a chair, which is what happens when you order the Eddie heel turn on Wish. Uh, he <laughs> won Dominic the same way he conceived him, through the help of a ladder. 
He <laughs> briefly used the 619 cam as a gimmick, opposed to the 69, 69 cam, which is just Sonny eating pussy in prison. Uh, <laughs> he had Mexican tattooed on his stomach, causing Vince to say, God damn it, I know, but which one? <laughs> Without a mask, he looks like the kid who goes to Neverland Ranch but keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> he was the first wrestler to give his daughter to a buddy and not end up on dark side of the ring. <laughs> he's uh he's the American dream. If you're a Latino who works just as hard as a white, you too can get your untalented son a job. Chipotle Brock Anderson, baby. And finally, WWE made a movie about Ray called Biggest Little Man, which confirms my long-standing belief they never considered Hornswoggle human. <laughs> um, all right, Robert. All right. Today we are roasting Ray Mysterio, or as Donald Trump calls him, one of the good ones. <laughs> Booyaka, Booyaka, 619 is something a drunk Michael Hayes would yell on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> if Rey Mysterio were any shorter, his catchphrase would be, Bebe. <laughs> <laughs> People claim Rey got pushed only because Eddie died. And that's just not true. It's also because Chavo couldn't cut a decent promo. <laughs> Kevin Nash launched Rey like a lawn dart into the WCW TV truck which still seems more pleasant than being inside a WWE TV truck with Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Ray was part of the Filthy Animals, named after the ring rats waiting for them in their hotel. <laughs> Ray wears a mask to uphold his lucha, his lucha tradition. That's not easy to say. And because his face looks like the erector set baby from Toy Story. <laughs> Ray Mysterio killed it in the ring every night and only killed in the ring once. <laughs> Ray and Dominic are the first father-son team to win tag gold, while the American males were the first daddy team to win tag gold. <laughs> Ray Mysterio started wrestling at age 14, thankfully not with Pat Patterson. Ray Mysterio had a number of surgeries. His knees have taken more abuse than Sonny's because she blew a bunch of guys, not from her many, many vehicular incidents. <laughs> Ray was forced to join the LWO, or as Hulk Hogan called them, the janitorial staff. <laughs> In WCW, Ray was the giant killer because his finishing moves would give them enlarged hearts. <laughs> Ray was part of Master P's No Limit Soldiers in a feud with the West Texas Rednecks, if you ever wondered why WCW went out of business. <laughs> Mysterio had his eye popped out of his skull with a match against Seth Rollins, which sounds painful, but having heard Seth cut promos, it would have been better for Ray to lose an ear. And finally, at WrestleMania, JBL lost to Ray in 21 seconds because the thought of beating up a Mexican made Bradshaw finish quickly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, roast of Ray Mysterio and a American males reference. So you got Ooh. both. Baby, uh, we're gonna go back into bright side because we just oh, yeah. yeah. All right, boys, I'm out. Okay, right, I'll see you later. <laughs> that, that's Scott. enough for Scott to leave. Well. All bless. right, yeah, we got to talk about how gray Ray is. Ray is more. Uh, yeah, we yeah. will. I think we'll carry the the water on yes. this one. I, I mean, like I'll just go through my notes. One of the greatest in ring performers of all time. He is for me is the definition of undeniable. Like he he's a guy who shouldn't be 
as big of a star, but he is just just out of pure will uh, and talent. Universally beloved, just a guy you can slot in babyface position. Never really heard anything bad about him, really. I mean, if you watch the a horrible accident that happened with him in the ring, like he pulls the 619. It's just a complete freak thing. You know, um, I, I understand why Vince dropped his junior. Amazing finisher. As far as great matches, Ray versus Eddie at Halloween Havoc, Psychosis versus versus Ray, Malenko versus Ray, Great American Bash, Mysterio versus Jericho at, at the Bash in like 2008, 2009 with an awesome finish. The, the Punk feud was great, even though their, their Mania match was eh. Mysterio and Edge versus Angle and Benoit was, is, is just like, I think it was Wrestling Reserve's match of the year. It's incredible. He had some good matches against Ultimo Jet, Dragon. Apparently he had a great one against Ricochet at Lucha Underground, who was wrestling under the uh, gimmick Prince Puma. Um, I thought he had an underrated feud with Batista and obviously had a great match with Shawn Michaels at the, at the Eddie tribute, uh, kayfabe accomplishments, triple a hall of fame, cauliflower alley club, Lucha underground trios title, five-time WCW cruiserweight champion, WCW cruiserweight tag champion, which I forgot that was a thing. Three-time WCW tag champion, WWE champion, two-time world heavyweight champion, two-time intercontinental champion, five-time WWE tag team champion, two-time United States champion, three-time WWE cruiserweight champion, Royal Rumble winner, Observer Hall of Fame, will definitely be in the WWE Hall of Fame, Observer Match of the Year, Observer Rookie of the Year, Observer Wrestler of the Year, and won, literally won every mask versus mask match that he had, except for the one in WCW against Kevin Nash, because, uh, you know, they couldn't let us have nice things. And uh, finally, his uh, his storyline, and I just bought, I mean, this is my high spot this week, but I bet just bought WWE uh, 2K22. It's it's really good, and hit, the Ray mode is is fucking great, man. I mean, it's it's you know the graphics are incredible, and and you get to see him, hear him talk about his journey throughout the matches. It's 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 a lot of fun. Robert, uh, how, how how what what are your is is Ray in your top ten? I don't know if he's in my top ten. He's definitely in my top twenty. Um, I think the thing about Ray is he's probably in some of the best matches of all time in every company he's worked in in ECW, WCW, WWE. He went in there and had game changing matches. Yeah, he had a great can... match with Sabu in WWE. This was like way after Sabu. He had a great run. match with Sabu. That that Shawn Michaels match that they had, you know, pretty cold was was really fantastic. His Rumble win was a really great match. I mean, it's icky why some of these things happen, but he was fantastic. I was part of the crew on, on creative pushing. Hard. I thought some of that, like grabbing the ring post and screaming Eddie shit was awful, but yeah, he was yeah, good. But that, but that was, the problem was that was what Vince wanted. Um, yeah. But we were part of that crew of people pushing for Ray to be world champion, even before the Eddie stuff happened. This was during the Eddie, uh, you know, the, the Eddie Dominic stuff had wrapped him like, you know, Ray could really be a world champion. And he changed the game for wrestling because he is, he's short, he's Mexican, he wears a mask and Vince eventually okayed him being world champion on more than one occasion. And once like that damn burst, that's how you're able to get guys like CM Punk or Brian Danielson being WWE champion. Like the company didn't go under because they gave it to Ray. They, they were able to put him in that position. He's not, the best promo of all time, but when he gets passionate about what he's talking about, it's, it's believable. Conveyed. Yeah, it's and like, it's like AJ Styles. It's believable. Right. And he was, and everything that he did in the ring 
for most people, it was the first time they ever saw anybody do what he did. So he shaped and molded a whole generation of wrestlers right he now. Was so much fun to play in uh, WCW NWO Revenge. He was, he was great in every video game. He was like the most fun character. And you see these moves and like the 619 in real life looks incredible. The West Coast pop. He, he had a great entrance. He, he was able to change up his look and he was able to do this in a way. Vince's concern with masks are because we can't see your face, the audience isn't going to make a connection with you. Yeah. And that has, and Ray overcame the mask and you always knew how he felt. You always knew what was going on. You always him. knew how he felt. That's a good point. I never thought of that. You knew he, always, even with that mask on, you always knew what he was going through. He connected with the, with the crowd and he's still in 2020. This is his fifth decade of wrestling. And yeah. he's still one of the highlights on TV. You know, Dominic is, he's, he's the Brock Anderson of Lucha, but like Ray is, absolutely remarkable and given how bad his knees are and how bad his back is and how many injuries he's sustained he still goes at an incredibly high level and they have given him so many stupid things to do over the years they and really he has have. made the most of it and and he overcame every obstacle imaginable uh to be as successful as he is in that he is not a cruiserweight star he is a main event superstar uh, of the highest order, and that that alone is a testament to Rey Mysterio. Yeah, he's a lot like Jericho in like whatever spot you put him in, he's going to make make it memorable. Um, I mean, even that feud with Brock was way better than it had any right to be. You know, he, you know, um, it was weird, like after his the feud King, with... yeah, after the game Velasquez, he had to he had to they had to put on an entertaining Survivor Series match after um, they completely botched the fucking Kofi title win, uh, Kofi title loss with Brock just kind of buried Kofi and the Cain Velasquez dud, you know, that was, that was, uh, who, who, who we don't talk about on the show, but man, I hope that guy gets fucking off, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, like, look, I mean, I know you try to look, you try to shoot somebody. I'm not saying you shouldn't do like some jail time, I guess, but if there ever were extenuating fucking circumstances, I mean, look into that case. Yeah. Or, I mean, um, Ro Robert, I mean, I know, look, look, like legally, you probably, you know, can challenge me on a bunch. But as far as ethically and morally, I mean, there's nothing like, I mean, it's, you know, like, of course this happens, you know, like, especially because the dad was, the family was like running the daycare, you know, and that's what people don't realize too. But I don't know, Robert, you, you wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Ray elevated bad feuds. Like, they put him in a feud with Albert when they were trying to get him over where Albert strapped him to a, an EMT uh, board and slammed him against the ring post. Like Ray put himself out there in, in matches and situations that were not very good. And he still gave it his all, um, which is a real value of a, of performer. I mean, he made Mark Henry, he made Mark Henry. That's, that's the end of that sentence right there. Like that, that house of pain stuff or hall of pain, Ray sold it like Mark Henry was going to absolutely kill him. And my, my favorite thing with Ray, one of the, the things that Scott was mentioning with the, I realized he was talking about jumping over a fence. He meant the cage. Ray dived off the cage. He dives onto Lance Storm and it's in every video package ever. So anytime Lance is ever on TV, he's like, I heard it was on TV. Was it the Ray clip? I'm like, yeah. Um, because Ray was just so And how was he working with backstage? It was very easy to work with. Backstage was the nicest human being possible. I was, that was the thing I was, I was talking about. I haven't heard one like, fucking bad thing about this. That's guy. exactly what he said. I'm like, I said, we're roasting. He's like, he, Lance has to go, who are you roasting? I said, roasting Ray. He's like, I'm like, he was great to work with. He said, everybody says Ray was great to work with. No one has a, a bad thing to say about him. He was 
good to do business with. He was comfortable with what whatever creative. And I mean, imagine all the shit he had to fucking be quiet about in WCW too. You know, and like, he put up with a lot of shit in WCW. Between yeah. the, there was a lot of there was a lot more weird racism that was going back and forth there at that time. Uh, plus, yeah. you're dealing with all the Nashes of the world who they held Ray down because they didn't want someone that small to be a main eventer. Let me tell and you something, like, man. I'm I'm not. I'm not a big Kevin Nash fan right now after watching COVID-19 invasion, which I, I, I have a bad feeling, Robert. You're the only one who's going to join me on this one. <laughs> I, I, I have that feeling, too, that I'm going to wind up watching this movie uh, and and regretting it's, every it's life decision fucking, I've made. Dude, I mean, if there's a reason to get our Patreon to... I mean, we're not watching Awonging it because I, I don't think that... I had to watch this movie in sessions, but there is a movie... What we're reviewing for our summer blockbuster special. I used to like I did with Money Plane. I like to or Leprechaun. I like to pick some summer movies when the when the time comes. Um, dude, this movie. I mean, it looks like it was made for like five hundred dollars, and it is. I think it's the worst thing we've seen on this show. Well, Money I, Plane I, is by far the best. Money well, Plane. The thing is, the is that that's the one thing that's redeeming about this is it's it's like it's it's so bad it's good like it's definitely more ridiculous than leprechaun it's more ridiculous and it has way worse actors than leprechaun like they have a good couple good actors in that leprechaun show um i'm i'm interested because and i said this on something to sports entertainment with so if you guys listen to that and hear it again it sounds familiar and i was plugging this i've enjoyed nash in a lot of movies uh he was great in uh magic mike he He, he is by far the best actor in this movie he is far and away the best actor in this movie Far He's and away, particularly very entertaining in a lot of things. Yes. And I used to be a big Diesel Mark, so but it is you know, it we'll is at the lowest bar to be the best. Like you and I are the best actors, besides you know Kevin Nash. And this movie is aston. It's ast- it's actually astonishing. It's astonishing uh, how bad this movie is, and it's free on Tubi, guys, along with QT Marshall's The Wrestler. Um, oh, that was that was a that was a gem. That was a, that, that was, was better actually, Damian that, Priest than we get now on Raw. That was well. I mean, you know, Damien doesn't care because he thinks we're sheep. We're sheeple. Um, all right. Let's get to showing how what I sent the guys this week was, I mean, this is just the Dominic reveal of being, um, of Eddie being the, uh, of, Eddie, of Eddie saying that he's the father of Dominic. Ray sells it like it's true. Um, most of Ray's babyface work is just being surprised something is happening to him and then dominic runs out of the ring like he's butch or something uh but it's i mean it is look i will say this about it this is this is kind of like damning it with praise eddie and ray and are so good in it that like you forget about how terrible it is which is like like a soap opera almost every soap opera you know like it's like this is so ridiculous this is so bad but eddie and ray are so good you 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 kind of get tricked into thinking, is this good? I don't know if this is good. Um, if it was anybody else, it would be fucking DOA. But I mean, these guys do know how, you know, they know how to fucking they know how to get something over, man. And I can't tell you, probably, I mean, Robert would know more firsthand, but I think the success of this the marginal success of this angle, the fact that they were able to do so much and this is what i mean damning with praise i feel like it led to i feel like it led to some of the worst angles afterwards 
Like, I feel like, like they were like, well, Ray and Eddie made this work. You know, it's almost like giving somebody the 20 minute promo because rock and stone cold, you know, made it work where it's like, well, Ray and Eddie made this ridiculous angle work. And because of that, we've probably gotten some of the worst wrestling angles ever. Uh, what did you think of this clip, Robert? So to, to quote Bruce Pritchard, I was there um, for, for this debacle. And this is Bruce's fault, um, in part because the, the pitch was in Ray's, I'm sorry, in, Ray, in Eddie's Bruce is a soap opera guy. Well, in, in, in Eddie's autobiography, it talks about how he, he supposedly you know, had an affair. And the idea was, what if he had an affair and it led to the birth of a child? And what if that affair was with... Ray Mysterio's wife and it led to the birth of Dom and it led to Dominic. And then it becomes a fight over Dominic's custody. We had done a survey, an audience, like a Nielsen audience survey they paid for professionally. And one of the things that came out of it was number one, SmackDown is one of the highest rated shows to the Latin audience, especially at that point in time. So putting Ray and Eddie front and center, hugely important. The crossover of the number of people who watch WWE and watch telenovelas was off the charts high. So it was, you need something that's a dramatic soap opera story. The other thing that came out of that survey was uh, we, we wanted to use the phrase that power is back to signify like we empower you. And then they found out we didn't own the copyright to it and it has to get removed, uh, which is always fun. But this storyline was goofy and stupid, but it was the edict of, we need something that's a soap opera. We need something that's going to hook in women. We need something that's going to keep our Latin audience showing up. Uh, and we need something that's going to put Ray and Eddie front and center where they're not champions. What wound up happening was Eddie was so fucking entertaining as this scumbag and the I'm your poppy. And then we sold a billion shirts because of it. And his promos, he was so good in this. This is what led to what was ultimately going to be an Eddie babyface turn had he not passed away. Like he was going to be our top babyface again on, uh, yeah, on, on SmackDown. He's so fucking good. Um, and the other fun part he's of it is man, the man. woman that that's the custody uh, uh the, the, the 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 human services person who's handling it this woman casey de stefano who was one of the writers who had no business writing for ww she didn't know what the hell she was doing and we're like yeah you're gonna be the the caseworker on this she didn't know it was in ring until about five minutes before it happened and she was so fucking terrified she made serena deeb look like uh uh, uh, the Undertaker, in terms of of comfort level in the ring, uh, it was it was bad. But Ray and and Eddie were were really good. They did at a great job at it, you know. They made something stupid work. And knows, yes, this man. gives I mean, Vince maybe, you know, like I, actually, dude, I think you explaining it, it is kind of genius, you know, like the way you just explained it. Like, why wouldn't they do something like this, you know? Like, I mean, I don't like it, but you know, I mean, other people are fucking into it, I guess, but. Let's get to our high spot, low spot of the week. This is maybe the shortest roast episode we've ever done. Well, uh, it helps that, you know, Mike's, Mike was uh, last minute like, hey, I'm not going to be available. And then Scott had to run. So we, we made the most of it. It's not one of those four-hour, uh, you know, specials or something like that. But it should be short like Ray. Uh, high spot for me this week is I watched – I actually paid for this, folks. I watched the uh, New Japan Wrestling's Capital Collision – um, there was some good shit, man. I mean, Ishii versus uh, Eddie Kingston was great. Brody King versus Suzuki was fucking awesome. And it got Brody King over like a, it was the best Brody King match I've ever seen. The main event was all right. They're doing this thing now in New Japan 
where they're and it's kind of like it's it's why Gato is like he's doing too many like WWE type angles, but the whole thing is that like uh Osprey convinced is convinced that he's he's getting screwed over and over again. And when you have Osprey who is on anybody's list is is top 10 in the world right now. Uh it's it's kind of like a weird way to use him. Um, but especially because the guy's a great promo, he's great in the ring, you know, he, he doesn't really have a flaw in his game. I mean, his social media sucks, but you know, the, the, I can say that about 95% of the fucking population. Uh, so that, that was, uh, by, I, anyway, I, I'm starting to get negative, but my high spot were those two matches. Should they be doing a, you're getting screwed angle, given everything going on with Kota Ibushi? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, we'll, we'll see what happens and what comes out with that. I mean, it's interesting to see where Ibushi's going to end up because that guy, I mean, he's one of my favorite in ring guys. He did get name dropped on Dynamite this week. I mean, he's. I mean, he. I mean, they would be lucky to have him, man. He's fucking incredible. Yeah, but Um, do you really want to jeopardize that that New Japan relationship because that's bringing in zero new eyeballs? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Low spot this week, and it it is also from Capital Collision, and I've noticed they've been doing it on AEW, and I've noticed they've done it on WWE. They're starting to bring the chicken wing back as a threat. And I feel like we all need to back away from that. We need to realize it's one of the stupidest looking moves. Yes, when Bob Backlund did it, it kind of worked because Brett could sell like a motherfucker. Um, And, you know, again, I'm complimenting Brett. Brett's the only guy who could get the chicken wing over. But besides Brett, there's no one who's been able to get that goddamn move over. I think the reason the money clip with Okada doesn't work as well is because it's too reminiscent of the chicken wing. It is a dumb fucking move. Let's let's not bring it back, guys. Don't bring the chicken wing back. Right. It's one of those moves that would probably hurt if somebody locked it on you for real, but just looks stupid. It looks stupid. It looks stupid. Why are you doing it? Robert, what's your high spot was about this week? My high spot this week actually happened today. Uh, Stephanie McMahon announced that she is... Uh, taking a leave of absence from the WWE to go focus on her family. And, we should definitely talk about this afterwards. And, and, and for me, it's a, it's a high spot because it's nice to see that being possibility. That, you know, for so long for the McMahons, it was the business is all that matters and you have no life. And that was Vince's edict uh, when I was there, before I was there, after I was there. And I remember like Stephanie, when, when she gave birth to her kids, she was back sooner than we thought she was going to be. And you couldn't step away. And you were always like so insular and so in control of everything that was going on that I don't know exactly what's what's leading to it. If she's going to go work with, take, you know, take care of Hunter or something going on with her family, none of our business doesn't matter. It's the fact that she feels that she can go and step away from her responsibilities and go tend to her family, which is something the wrestling business does not have a great uh, you know, reputation for. Uh, it's, it's promising, and I hope other people follow her lead and, and do yeah. what's necessary. Uh, my low spot, this one just sucked. Um, I talked about last week, uh, Brandon Walker's segment, Wrestling on Barstool, especially his MJF segment, was really entertaining. I, I thought it was some of the best sort of... Wait, can we talk uh, about the Stephanie thing for a little bit before we get oh, yeah, to yeah, the low spot? Fine. Yeah, I, I mean... I wonder what the, you know, like, cause I, I've been getting messages about it and I'm, I'm like, I wonder what it's a, what it is about. Is it, is, is there, um, you know, it's interesting because like here, my question is this, Robert, like everything, even though they say they're not, 
everything and i think you would agree with me whether everything nick khan has been doing is readying the company for an eventual sale whether they're saying it or not you know like it's kind of what they've been doing um as far as how big these tv deals have been and and i wonder like do you think uh if they sold wwe to, to cable vision or disney or or universal or whatever if if they sold it uh, would they keep Stephanie on? Would they try to get Stephanie involved again? Would they want? Would it be like? Would it be like you know with UFC? It's like all right, Dana White sold a huge portion of the company, but he's still kind of running things. Uh, what What do you think would be the? Or would they just go completely at the box, like give it to Brian Gewertz because he's the Rocks guy, you know, or something like that? Uh, what, what's your What's your opinion? So I'm uh, two, um, uh, two things here. Number one, I, I don't think the WWE is going to sell, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Even if they were to sell. They would need to keep Stephanie on because regardless of who winds up acquiring it, she is one of the highest profile women in in sports and entertainment at an executive level. And to to oust her, given how well she's done in her role as chief brand officer, regardless of who owns it, would not be a good look for whatever the new company is. Plus, you need that authenticity of the McMahons are still involved. This is still a McMahon product that the WWE is making. But I think the reason why they will never be able to sell is twofold. One, the the issues with the, the historical content that WWE has and the issues that it raises, like when they went on Peacock and all of a sudden it's like, well, why, wait, wait, we didn't know there was blackface and we didn't know there was this kind of profanity and violence against women and all those issues that whatever company acquires them, if it's a Disney or any of that, it's going to open a can of worms. The second piece is, WWE has its tentacles in so many different industries that you're going to need to understand how to do shipping and routing, uh, live events, TV deals, international TV deals, merchandising, the, the works, uh, understanding your streaming, your international streaming. Um, plus, as soon as there's new money that's in charge, there's going to be another wave of lawsuits of people waiting for deep pockets to say, you know, I was injured by this company and now Disney, you're making money off of my concussion or I, you know, so-and-so killed themselves because they were working here. There's so many liabilities and so many traps and pitfalls that whoever would want to buy WWE is buying a massive landmine. Well, all right, here's my counter. I, okay, you convinced me about Stephanie. Here's my counters for why you make a sale. Is that like right now, by most financial metrics, like WWE is at an inflated price, you know, in the sense that like their live attendance and viewers aren't matching the TV deal. But because, you know, they're so, you know, like, you know, besides WWE, it's like live sports, you know, it's all the live stuff that is the only thing that's attracting eyeballs. And in relative to other, to other programming, wrestling, you know, across the board is doing quite well, even though, you know, it may not look like it, but if, man, if you want to compare it to fucking comedies, I mean, holy shit, you know, a lot, a lot of things are going down. My thing is, you know, at this inflated kind of price, like at some point there's going to be a correction, you know, you're seeing that with Netflix now, like at some point, you know, I don't, I, I, I think WB is a ton of value. I'm not sure if it's as valuable as its stock price right now. And at some point it's going to correct itself. So why won't, why don't you sell that while it's hot right now? Like, I, I feel like you're kind of, I mean, you know, it's it's, the, it's just the argument of like whether or not the IP is going to be worth, you know, like, 
uh, you know, the IP is worth what it's worth. You know, it's it's what you know. How important is this IP? I mean, so it it is. We're saying, okay, I'm, no, 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 let me just finish one thing. I just right. want to. I'm sorry, and I know I've been going on, but with all Marvel, right. for instance, like you know, we were always like, oh, Marvel's the most valuable IP ever, and now the last couple movies, we were like, eh, maybe it's not as about you know, like maybe this has a shelf life too. Um, all right, sorry, keep keep. keep I was going to say, as long as they're they they've churned out mainstream stars where like John Cena was one of the focal points of the Warner upfronts that happened this week. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a major key piece to them. The rock is obviously the biggest star on the planet. Steve Austin is still a recognizable name. Who's doing, you know, TV commercials for Ty that are, I mean, he, he's arguably more famous than Cena still, you know, like but Cena has shown he's able to transition because his audience follows him. If Roman goes out into Hollywood and becomes a major, major star, it shows how valuable the IP is because now you own all of the footage of all of these people and that it is a vehicle to launch new stars going forward who can have crossover appeal. Uh, and I think as long as they're pulling in ratings on a Friday night on Fox and Fox is happy with it and they are still pulling in massive ratings for USA uh, on Monday nights, they're going to be able to ask for money for those rights fees because it is one of the few things you really can't replicate. Yeah. I mean, my wife, like so I was watching retro SmackDown. I mean, I was watching SmackDown in the car on, on Sunday and uh, the episode I was watching. I mean, you probably don't remember this Robert, but it was the smack. It was the SmackDown Thanksgiving episode where DX taunts homeless people um, over Thanksgiving dinner. Do you remember this at all? Um, it, have to, uh, it, it, it's it's one of the more like it's one of the more offensive you know uh it, it, it is one of the more offensive ones ever but i watched it and my wife was just kind of groaning at a lot of the stuff but as soon as the rock came on man i mean she was she started genuinely laughing at some of the shit he was saying like it's just crazy how much of a bigger star he is than wrestling it, it's 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 pretty nuts but i will be reviewing cheap plug for something to sports i will be reviewing that episode of smackdown on monday it's, it's a crazy one man it's a there's a i had to watch my wife had to watch a um there's a gravy bowl match you know my oh, wife I know like, the gravy what bowl the match fuck are you watching right now it's um, uh it's a misogynistic uh, thanksgiving <laughs> what's uh, i'm sorry what's your low spot uh, my low spot was uh yeah wrestling with brandon walker on uh, on barstool got canceled this week um it was really fun, really entertaining. The MJF episodes, they did three of them, were, were a blast. I love that it was someone who was making that kind of content with the superstars where it felt a little bit like between two ferns. It just, it was a really fun show. And I'm disappointed that got canceled because I feel like that's something that would have helped get wrestling over in a mainstream way. Because even if you're not a wrestling fan, you end up catching a minute of this or 30 seconds of it. You're like, oh, this guy's really entertaining or this guy's really interesting. I'm going to go and watch some more of their content. So it was a real bummer that got canceled. Uh, that sucks. Hey, what do you got to uh, to promote? You can follow me on Twitter at www.creative underscore ish. Uh, you uh, something in sports entertainment with Tier uh, talked about Raw. Gave the initial thoughts on Sasha and Naomi like hours after, a little a few hours after it happened. Talked about the upcoming Hell in a Cell and how impressed you know, I am with what Cody's doing right now. Uh, we've got the Facebook, we've got the Twitter, all the other social media bullshit things that we have and uh starcast in nashville go see dan go see mike and fuck everyone else uh thank you robert um i am doing stand-up again 
after uh, quitting for a year, but the business begged for me to come back. Oh, I'm, and, I'm and a- follow, follow, follow Dan on Instagram because now I've gotten in the habit every day. This is legit. I go on every day to see what clip you've posted from your various like some, there's been some okay ones right sorry right. I, I, it, it generally it usually pops me if when you're making fun of fort lauderdale all right well yeah it's a terrible place um i'm gonna be at the uh, yeah i'm doing shows in the city like you know this weekend i'll be at the comic strip basically all weekend next week i'm gonna be in brooklyn comedy club and gotham comedy club i'll be at the cellar next thursday um I'll be doing some live stuff. You know, I will be in Nashville. I'm going to be doing Skank Fest. I'm going to be doing this Milwaukee Brewing Company and probably some other stuff. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, man. I'm trying to like, you know, I'm on TikTok, but I don't have big enough of a presence for, you know, obviously follow me on there. But Instagram, I'm trying to, you know, some of these videos are starting to get a lot of views, which is nice. So um, I'm way too creeped out to download TikTok. I feel like like as soon as that happens, like the police are going to swarm on me. And I am in talks right now i'm not with, with just a not, not a big money thing with just another producer about possibly doing an hour special in 2022 or 2023 i don't know where i'm gonna do it uh, i have a couple ideas i'm talking to the guy on monday so be on the lookout for that if there is one show that you ever want to see me at it would be it would be that one so um that's about it follow us on uh, twitter on instagram join our facebook page join our patreon Join our $10 uh, level, which, you know, you get two extra episodes every week. I will be reviewing a retro SmackDown. Robert will be reviewing Raw. Sometimes I double duty and I jump on Raw as well, guys. Um, I haven't been doing that lately. I, I, I will say both Cody and Ezekiel have been high spots for me on Raw. Ezekiel and Take a Shit are in the exact same gear, by the way. Definitely freaks me I out. saw that. It's Ezekiel's gear may be my favorite gear in wrestling right now. It looks so ridiculous. It's it's fantastic. Now now I'm hoping you're going to tape your special while I'm up in New York. I want to be able. To, I want to be in the audience. Yeah, I don't even know if it's uh, going to be booming. in New York, but we'll we'll see. Um, uh, I you know. But anyway, uh, well well this guy reached out and he wants to. He's fucking great. He's done like uh, I don't think I you know like this is going to be big. But he's done Sam Morrell's special, Joe List special, Mark Norman's, and uh, so he, he's awesome. So we're talking on Monday about possibly doing awesome. something we'll see I, i've never done an hour yet i did a half hour for comedy central like fucking years ago i've never done an hour i've done two albums i don't know if it will be all different material from the second album there may be a couple things that i put in there but anyway we'll fucking see i'm excited about it um that's awesome yeah man join join uh, join us um all right but uh, the dark order what the hell was that i don't know man oh i got uh my pro wrestling crate last weekend and i got two awesome shirts i got a dusty road shirt and a Britt baker shirt the Britt baker is like the old school razor ramon like 90s type shirts um anyway i would uh, be too worried wife, to do one of those too much wrestling That's i'd be too worried to do one of those crate shirt sort of things because I don't know if you saw Dustin Rhodes' shirt this week where it just says like the natural and then like or legendary and then there's a butterfly and it says Dustin Rhodes. Well, that one is it's way better than that. But the dusty I'm not wearing a Dustin Rhodes butterfly shirt. No, this is a Dusty Rhodes. This is the Dusty Rhodes. No, I know. I'm just saying my fear with not being able to know what's going to be in that box. Oh, yeah. I mean, like sometimes well, just- I will say this in the box. Every every month, one of the shirts has been awesome. One of the shirts has been awesome. Every once in a while, you'll get like you know, a Lonnie Papa or a Nasty Boys. But I mean, that's all based on preference. I guess there's some people that fucking love the Nasty Boys. I I mean, I never were into them. No one who worked with them. No one who worked. 
And also, should I be concerned that like almost every wrestling that you or Scott or Mike mentions, what Mike I'll, I'll put away because he watches the least amount of us, but like everything you and Scott mention, I've seen. Do I have a problem? No, we just what we watch wrestling, which is a different podcast. Don't worry about that. But you know, uh, we, we it's it's ingrained in in what we do. And and yeah. if you're gonna go out of your way and watch these things, you're you're gonna go. I mean, there was a show here locally, like Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. I swear this is a real thing. Um, and it had like Cesar Bononi was on it and uh Gangrel and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and all these people, and it's like it's cool that this stuff exists at a local level regional national international you can go back and archive it and watch it and you can always find something that's good to watch well you know it's just crazy this last past week i realized i watched smackdown which i wasn't going to review i just watched it rampage which i wasn't going to review i just watched it the retro smackdown fucking dynamite and capital collision that's like too much i think but yeah but you didn't watch raw and I did. So I, I did not watch Raw. I did not watch Raw or NXT. I mean, I've been reading some of the NXT results, man. I mean, now we're taking this podcast a little longer, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, dude, this, I don't know what they're doing with Braun Breaker, man. I mean, like, it's like they're like having druids go after him now and shit. I was like, this guy should be like, this guy should be booked like mini babyface Brock, you know, but instead you're doing all this fucking hokey bullshit. With and him. the weirdest is it's Sean. Who's there? Like Sean yeah. should know better. I mean, he's just playing to what Vince wants, I think, and what those guys, you know, like I don't. And then nothing Vince loves more than druids. That's <laughs> true. It's spooky, goddammit. it! Who's under there? Um. All right, that's it for us. Uh, Zach can't say it, so I will. Wash your hands. It's never goodbye. Take care. <laughs>